morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I hope you're well. I hope everything is good with you and yours. By the way, I have an email right now. You know, I've set up an email. And if you ever want to send me a note, a little bit of feedback or whatever, or you just want to share your thoughts or something that you would like us to muse on, please just um, send it through the email. It's musingswithjesus at gmail.com. Very, very easy. Musingswithjesus at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so thank you for joining me. I hope you're well where you are. Yeah, today the title of today's episode is No Eye Has Seen. Yesterday we mused on the hour has come. Um, before that we had talked about Lord teach us how to pray. And you know, the reason why I'm musing on No Eye Has Seen is because yesterday, you know, towards the na- um, this morning, yesterday night actually, this song kept ringing in my ears, you know, Ron Kenoli's song where he sang No Eye Has Seen, No Ear Has Heard. What no mind has conceived, what God has prepared for those who love Him, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store for us. And it's a scripture in, I think, in Psalms as well as Corinthians, it's all over the Bible that that scripture about no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what god has imagined or prepared for those that love him um you know so that's really what and you know it just kept coming to me and i just felt let's talk about that and look at you know what is very special about what god has prepared for those who love him thank you for joining me yeah so the um headline scripture is first corinthians 2 verse 9 and it says but it is as it is written what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. So the key thing here is that there is something special that God has prepared for those that love him, you know, and that, um, yeah. So verse 10 then says, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And then verse 7 before that says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So, it's, you know, it it, it does appear that God has really, really prepared something special for those that love him. In, I think, several musings ago, when we had talked about the wicked, you know, I, I can't recall what the title was, it, it became clear to me that there was a way God de- dealt with the wicked that was different from the way god dealt with the righteous and you know and in fact there was a particular scripture that says that to the wicked he proves himself crafty but that to the righteous you know he he, he proves himself i think was another word something opposite to that you know something in a very good way so it made me realize that god actually has you know even though he's not a partial god but he has different you know rewards there are different sides to himself that he shows to different people there are different things that he has prepared so for instance we are told that um the lake of fire and brimstone is prepared for the devil and his angels god prepared it you know what it means to prepare something like for instance you know if you're having a visitor is coming to your house the way you you know you get the house ready you sort of wake up early you make food you go and lay the um, the bed in the guest room you know you make sure the toilet everything is okay you clean out the wardrobe the wardrobe all of that is your preparation for your guest that is coming you know and then depending on how 
you know important that guest is and how much you are looking forward to the person's coming the level of preparation is you know very much deeper and intense in fact in some families in those days they actually vacate their master bedroom for such very very you know vvip guests very very important and highly respected guests just so that you will know them you know you know that that person is very welcome that's the same thing so in the same way as you know we have that whole preparation where you are expecting somebody may even be your child coming back you know has left is in university coming home for holidays or boarding house ah that preparation you cook the favorite meal make sure everything is ready for the child everybody you know everybody's at home they're all waiting you know the preparing on is much because it's something you, you expected that that's the same way you're saying that no eye has seen no ear has heard neither can anybody imagine and so you can imagine something that god will say that no human being that was ever created can imagine what god has prepared and it is a preparation for those who love him so you can imagine what that would be because i think the sons of men have seen god do so many things so what he's saying is that what he has prepared for those that love him in christ is much more than anything that he has done you know that human beings have already seen either through the parting of the red sea either through the burning bush either through you know um uh, all the things he did for the children of israel all the miracles that have happened even in the time of jesus he says it has not entered into the heart of man that no eye has seen so in other words it is greater and bigger than anything that has already been done for the children of men in the earth from the beginning of the days of adam to now is mind-boggling and he says that the princes of this world, in other words, the enemy, the rulers of the darkness of this world, um, Satan and all his cohorts, they didn't understand this. He said, because if they knew that that preparation was, was to have been activated by the death and the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they would not have crucified him. They didn't understand it. So, but, you know, as I'm, and, and in the same way, God has prepared <laughs> a boiling pot of fire. For the devil and his angels, the false prophet, the antichrist, all of them will be thrown in there. And he says, all them whose names are not written in the book of life will also have their portion in that lake of fire. Which is why, again, like I said yesterday when we were musing on the hour has come, I said, I don't understand why some people will willfully follow the devil. There are some people who are caught up in the kingdom of darkness unknowingly. They do not know. I'm not even talking about those people. I mean, but the people who willfully, as in they are really... They know that is they are in the kingdom of darkness. They are working with the kingdom of darkness. They are lying. They know as in they are everything about their living moments is following that evil agenda. Not just living, you know, according to the flesh, but following the evil, very intentional agenda of the kingdom of darkness over the nations, over societies, over communities, you know, willfully supported through many acts of manipulation, you know, evil operations bloodshed if necessary those kind of people i really wonder that don't you know that it's not going to end well it's the lake of fire that god has prepared god used that word i i i, I don't have the scripture here but that's how he said he said he, said he prepared it and ever since i saw that scripture many years ago i told myself i said if god prepared the lake of fire for the devil and his angels then god forbid me i'm not going to go there because i said he prepared it so he didn't prepare it for man but what the devil is doing is making sure that as many people as possible follow him to what, you know, his own expected end. And it, for me, I find it funny because when he decided to fall and to go against God, despite all that God had done for me, was I there? Ah. Uh -uh.
even that heaven at least that he has experienced me have i you understand what i'm saying that, uh, no 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 so please follow your own destiny me i will follow the destiny of my lord jesus christ so another digression but yes that's me you know like i said this music is always about just how i feel and you know me reminding and, and i like it when i speak from the heart that's always been my thing even in my professional life i i do try to speak from the heart which is why i'm not the most a good diplomatic person you know because i do try to speak for the heart because i find that it's it's more real and it it, it saves me the burden of of pretense or of later you know saying the wrong thing or one thing in one place and another thing you know because i always speak from the heart so i'm never ever caught in a situation whereby People say, ah, but Shola, you said this now. Why are you saying this now? No, because at every point in time, I will say what's in my heart. Otherwise, I won't say anything at all. Anyway, another digression. But So Psalm 16, 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Again, what I see, and I think after this meeting, I'll go back to that, my scripture, where, where it says, talks about the wicked. I, think, I don't know whether it was woe to the wicked or that I, that musing um, was, because... It's what this music is making me re really, rem um, you know, think about and reflect on is the fact that God is really different to those that love him. And, you know, yesterday we talked about Jesus saying that Jesus praying that he wanted those that God had given him, in other words, his followers, to know the only true God. And what that means is that. Jesus acknowledges that it's not everybody that will know the only true God. Many people will know a false God. Many people will not know him. And some will actually know false gods. So he says the only true God, meaning for Jesus to use the word only true God, meaning that there are many gods, small g, parading as God. They are not the true God. There are many misrepresentations of God in the world. That's that's why Jesus will use that word. Why will he say only true God if there is only one God that everybody knows? It means that there are many gods, many false representations of God all over. So he's saying his prayer, his very earnest prayer was that his followers all and those that God had given him, that they may know that only true God, the most high that sits above all thrones the creator god the great i am the one before whom there was none and after him there is no other jehovah is his name he wanted that people that his children his followers should know that only true god that true god i think that in itself is a big revelation as i'm looking at it because for jesus to pray that prayer that means that he knew that it was is not easy for anybody to know that true God. Because most of us will probably have um, be born into families where they will socialize us with a knowledge of false representations of God. It's most likely. For Jesus to have prayed it, that means that it's not easy. It's not normal. And remember Jesus was a, was a Jew, but I mean, and in, in natural life, he was born into a tribe of people who had a covenant with God? So, and all the apostles were Hebrew as well. Why would he still need to pray this prayer? Because he could see that even those who had received the covenant, the first covenant under Moses, the Pharisees, they were far from God. The Bible says, these people with their lips today honor me, but their hearts is far from me. They did not know God. 
And Jesus also said in John 4, verse 24, he said, The hour cometh, and now is that they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Again, that same word, truth. You, they will know the only true God and that they will worship him in spirit and in truth. Meaning that up to that point, up to that point, Jesus could not say that people were worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth, even the children of Israel who had the first covenant. And that's why he came. So after doing his ministry as was about to be offered up, he then prayed that God, these ones that you have given unto me, help, you know, I have I have, I, I, my prayer is for them that they will know you, that as I know you, that they will know the only true God. That really struck me yesterday. So when this scripture now says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, what God has prepared for those who love him, I then understand what he's talking about. This is a very select set of people who not only love God, but of course, you have, they know him as the only true God. They know the only true God. Therefore, they love him. Because you cannot love what you do not know. So these are the people who are in close relationship with God, fellowship with God, and in partnership with God as well, as we have mused about in previous episodes. Psalm 31 verse 19 says, Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you. In the sight of the children of mankind. And this is, you know, from the Old Testament. This is the psalmist. Although sometimes when I read the Psalms, I really wonder that one shouldn't be calling it Old Testament because what they prophesied in that psalm was the a lot of the New Testament experience came out was prophesied in, in that psalm. So anyway, it's the same God. So without we can understand. So he say, How abundant is God's goodness, which he has stored up. <clears throat> so so elsewhere we see that God has prepared certain things for those who love him. Yeah, it is saying God has stored it up. So he has stored up things. He has prepared things for those who fear him. For those who take refuge in him. For those who love him. For those who know him. No eye has seen no. No eye has seen. So Isaiah 64 verse 4 says, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the air, neither hath the eye seen, O God, besides thee, what you have prepared for him that would wait, or what he hath prepared for him that would wait for him. Again, it's the same scripture showing up in so many places. Since the beginning of the world, that men have not heard nor perceived by the air, neither hath the eye seen, O God, that only God knows what he has prepared for those that wait upon the lord for waiting upon the lord is people that seek for him people that long after him people whose hearts are tender towards him people who seek him to know him people who love him the same you know who worship him in spirit and truth it's the same refrain all over again so and you know it's just making me wonder ah, god so this thing that you have prepared must be really serious so, because for you to say no i have said it is really worthy of and the funny thing is that whatever the devil has given to the gives to the children of men, eyes have seen. There is nothing he's offering that is different from what he has offered other people before, which is the big difference between you know, no comparison. But anyway, to each his own. James two verse five says, "Listen, my brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He has promised to those who love Him?" So again, 
we see that God has promised one of the things that he has promised to us is to be heirs to a kingdom um, that cannot be shaken a kingdom that cannot be moved you know there's so much and I think this theme of what God has promised to those who love us depending on is something I think maybe God may take us down that route my next set of reasons where we begin to talk about you know the riches of the glory of the inheritance in Christ the things that we have won by virtue of being the children of God or those who love God or you know part of the the the, the inheritance that at least we have in Christ that's one portion of it the other portion is what he has prepared for us in the kingdom of God the kingdom of God in heaven and I think that's the one that is really no eyes has seen because I mean he definitely is until you get there before you really see what it is he has prepared for those who love him and again I remember the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17 he also prayed that father that you know that um, he also prayed that God will glorify um, those that God has given him with the same glory that he had with the Lord since the foundation of the world and that is really something if he, that was Jesus's prayer so I, 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 I'm beginning to really see that this is really a progression from that amusing yesterday because Jesus prayed that God will glorify the ones who he had given him you know with the glory the same glory that he Jesus had with God the father from the beginning of the world you can imagine what that kind of glory is the glory that created this whole universe that we all see the glory that upholds all things by the word of God's power that's the glory that Jesus said God should give to me and you are telling me that I will follow another God like I said I've always had a winning attitude I follow the champions you know (laughs) you know what I mean so it's this you know it's really amazing and if you haven't listened to the hour is come yesterday please do listen to it because we talked a lot about John 17 where Jesus prayed for um, you know his, his, his chosen one the ones that he described them as the ones that God has given him so his followers and it was a very intimate prayer it was a very heartfelt prayer it was a very sincere prayer very insightful prayer as well so because he also opened up to us what Jesus' heart and God's heart is for you know his people and I believe that God now leading us or me to muse about no I as you know is a logical progression of that love that Jesus demonstrated in John 17 you know to really bring it home in terms of what God has prepared for those who love him and you know Jesus also talked about you know he, he made reference to the fact that he's he was going to you know that almost like there'll be a place prepared for those who follow him you know where he you know like where he's going to be that they will he will be they will, we will be there with him at some point as well so very much yeah it's really telling up with what we're reading here so lamentations 3 23 to 25 says and this is back to old testament it says it is of the lord's mercies that we are not consumed that is verse 22 because his compassions fail not verse 23 they are new every morning um and great is thy faithfulness O lord Verse 25, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him to the soul that seeks him. So again, and I think maybe this now explains some of the questions that I had in yesterday's meeting. Because I now see that there is a part of God that you will only see when you are when your heart is tender towards him. There's a part of God that I will only see when I wait for him, when I seek after him, when my soul seeks him. Like this Lamentations 3 verse 23 to 25 says. And maybe that explains why, like I said, yesterday I was musing about some people that I noticed who 
you know they pay lip service to god with their mouth they pretend like they're believers but their hearts is actually very hard towards god and they hate the things of god they hate god and they hate the light of god in the lives of others and what i'm beginning to realize by reading this is that i believe that those people they have never seen god they've just been around people who talk who who have a relationship with god the reality of god clearly i think the things of the enemy are more real to them than the things of god yeah but there's a side of god that you will only see when your heart is tender towards him so i i do think that a lot of people why they are deceived by the enemy is because this the power of god the 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 glory of god the heart of god these are things you will not see until your heart is tender towards him so as long as your heart is hard you will never know who he is i I know it's it's um which is why i can really um as i'm looking at it now honestly anybody that those of us who have gotten to a place where we were able god did not allow us to our hearts to be hardened to the point whereby we were not able to seek him or even long for him or search for him it is really by his mercy that we are not consumed because for some, some people it did not work that way and their heart is so hard and a stony heart cannot ever receive God that you know a stony heart can never actually this is a really significant musing a realization for me because answering some personal questions which yeah yeah it's that hardness of heart that makes the difference between why some people experience God and some people just don't. And my observation is that there's some people in faith circles whose heart is just, it's hard, it's stony. Yeah. And it makes them resent when they see the power of God in your life, they resent you for it because they want that power, but they do not want their hearts to be tender. They don't want to go through the woods. They want the power without the person, without the personality of God. Which is exactly what Lucifer wanted, really. He wanted the power of God without the person. He wanted it. He wanted the power of God without the goodness. And it's not possible because the goodness of God goes is what creates the power. It's, it's intertwined. That's true. He never wanted the power without the good, <laughs> without the essence of God. He wanted the power without the personality. I have to listen to this music again because this has just answered the question. Yeah. Because that's what I yeah, 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 yeah. They hate the they see that power of God in you. Ah, it it, it evokes such hatred. But they also want the power. But without the personality. Yes. 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 That is what it is. The Lord has just answered a very significant personal question for me again. These musings are really helping me. I hope they are helpful to you as well. I really hope. Oh God, thank you. So I think we will bring this to a close now. First John 3 verse 1 to 2 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. Yes, hallelujah. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Yes, which is what we've talked about. Behold, we are God's children now, 
and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he, Jesus, appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So this is, I think, really very much talking about what God has prepared for those who love him in the world to come. You know, in the kingdom of heaven, when we see him, either when we leave the body or when Jesus appears the second time. And, you know, he, he says the love that the God, has, God the Father has given us, that we should be called the children of God, is amazing. The sons of God. He says, you know, the Bible also says to as many as believe in him, he gave them power to be called the sons of God. So, I am not just called a child of God. It's not just something that you see. The power to be a child of God, the power to exercise authority over the enemy, the power to destroy the works of darkness, the power to confront evil and overcome it and bring it down, cast it down in the name of Jesus. I have received that power tangibly on this earth as a child of God. I can So yes, um, God has really given us, you know, a lot of, I mean, what it means to be the, um, he has given us power to be called the sons of God. So Psalm 36, verse 7 to 10 says, How precious is your steadfast love, O God! The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast as on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of light, of life. In your light do we see, see light. Oh, continue your steadfast love to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright of heart. So God has steadfast love for those who know him. And he has, you know, righteousness that he shows to the upright of heart. Again, you know, and he says the feast of the abundance of your house and you give them drink. You t- they take rec- refuge in the shadow of your wings. You know, that, there's, it's, that his steadfast love is so precious unto those that love him unto those who know him so it's just like when you you know there's a father in the house you know those who have who are very close to their fathers the children that are close to the father they know him in a way that the other children or the other people or even strangers outside will never know him there's a side to him people also will say oh, that man is very stern no he's very whatever but there's a tenderness there's there's a loving kindness there is a special relationship that you know the the, the children of the man have that is side to that person, that man that others will not see. That's how it is with God. You know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. So finally, Romans 11.22 says, Note then, and this is Paul speaking to the church in Rome, he says, Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity towards those who have fallen, that's falling back in sin, those who walk with the devil. He said, But God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. So God is both kind and he's also severe. He's severe to them who have fallen after the sin of the enemy, who have walked in the way of wickedness, whose heart is hard, whose heart is hard and stony towards him. But he is tender, he is loving, and he is kind and compassionate and merciful and loving to all them who love him, who seek him, who search after him, who long after him, who do the things that are pleasing in his sight, and who worship him in spirit and in truth. And I am glad to be one of those people. I thank you, Lord, because no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has entered into the heart of man what you have prepared for them that love you. For you have revealed them unto us by your Spirit, and I thank you because we will 
walk even in that awareness and we thank you because when we leave this earth when i leave this earth i will see you as you are for i will be like you and i will be where you are and i will walk in your kingdom and in your paths and in your places and in your houses and in your mansions and in your kingdom and in your glory and your face will be what i will behold day after day thank you father lord god because you are good and your mercies endureth forever thank you for your loving kindness unto all them that love you unto all them that keep your commandment unto all them whose heart is perfect and is tender towards you thank you god we love you in jesus name thank you thank you father blessed be your name i worship you monarch of the universe most high god the god in whose hand there is power and might no one can withstand you the lord and father of my lord jesus christ the keeper of my soul the maker of my heart my loving father my counselor my guide my strength the father of all lights in whom there is no variableness of turning thank you father because you are good and your mercies endure forever i bless you lord i worship you thank you thank you thank you for your love thank you for your kindness for your peace for your grace for your mercy for your deliverance for your holiness for your passion towards all them who love you i bless you in jesus name amen amen thank you everyone for listening god bless you have a wonderful day